Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of No Puns Allowed. Um, this week in college football, by the way, I'm Paige, that's Adam. Oh, nice little crack. Try to time that up well. Um, Adam, the only way to describe this week in college football is if college football sat down and hadn't eaten and decided to drink a cutwater margarita and got a little too buzzed. God damn it. (laughs) Um, but then, that is but then, what the last seventy-two hours of college football has been like. Well, and then and then kept drinking, and right? then just kept like, going, kept and, going, and, 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 and going. And for and some going. reason, decided it would be a good idea to talk in a microphone. So, um, craziest seventy-two hours ever of college football, like yes. legitimately. Like, legitimately, this is, like, concrete things that have happened. This is not, like, oh, we've got groomers. Oh, we've got, like, Lane Kiffin being fired on a tarmac. This is, like, concrete things happening, things that weren't rumored to be happening, things rumored that everyone thought was a joke that happened. Like, the most crazy things. But we have to start with, obviously, Saturday. Yes. College football. Well, we can start with the fact that it was a great weekend for college football and football in general during the Thanksgiving weekend. We hope you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving. But Saturday, obviously, the game. Yes. Ohio State, Michigan. Now, I will just like to say I did not think Michigan had a shot in this game. So I'm going to let you have the floor because you've been our resident Harbaugh apologist. I am. And you know what? Have your moment. Have your moment here, Kramer. Well, so... Like we we are you've got so many programs that are in disarray right now, right? You're a Florida State, you're Miami, you you I mean there's a ton. Like I, I'm targeting Florida schools, Nebraska. <laughs> Harbaugh has won at a reasonable level at Michigan, mm-hmm. gotten his ass kicked by Ohio State and yep. other rivals, and we just shit on him for six years. Now he has his quirks and his khakis and he's an easy target, but I kind of love that they just rolled into this game as like a six and a half point dog. It's very interesting line movement, by the way, that like that line stayed as is it came down to six, like something was up. And then just, I think Paige, the most striking part beyond the fact that Harbaugh now, unless my Hawkeyes have something to say about it, uh, is going to be what the number two seed potentially in the playoff. Yeah. Like that, like, Rarely do you see a moment change, like a narrative about a coach change like that. But I think the part that was probably most overwhelming is how soft Ohio State looked. Yes. Didn't they? They looked soft. They, I mean, this is sort of like the Ohio State we saw at the beginning of the year where we were like, oh, they're going to recover. They're going to recover. They're going to recover. They did throughout the season. They looked a little bit better. They went straight back. And I don't know if, if. I mean, we've we've seen it with a, a Justin Fields where no one thought that they were like tough enough to to handle things, and clearly they handled their business last year in the playoff. But this was sort of like, okay, they're almost there. They're going to get there. It's going to happen. This is Michigan. Of course they're going to choke this away. I mean, my thought process the entire game was, oh, my God, this is setting up for such a terrible meltdown for Michigan because we have seen yes. them meltdown before against Michigan State. So it was one of those things where I was like, I – I, I can't believe what I'm watching and this is real. And then the, there was like no time left. And I was like, okay, it happened. Like this happened for Jim Harbaugh. He finally beat them. This was after a year where he took a cut, buyout was lowered, everything else. And it's like, this guy's going to make the playoff. This is really happening. And like you said, he does make himself an easy target. He did not help himself by making that comment about Ryan Day saying that some of us um, start at third and think we hit like That's a, a great home run. comment though. Like it was fairness. hilarious. It was hilarious. But again, like, okay, you've done it once. Like let's, let's take a moment. I'm going to tell him to slow well, down a bit. Win, beat, well, o- beat Iowa, get in the playoff, win a playoff game. I, I, I want to see it. I want to, I want to see it happy for them. I mean, I'm rooting for another team because their, their school slash program is in absolute disarray and chaos. Um, because of something very shocking that happened this weekend. But you know what? I was glad for Jim Harbaugh. And you know what? Shout out to him and his wife also for donating all of the in, um, incentives he gets for like reaching certain milestones this year. They're de- donating it back to Michigan's athletic department to help with some of the stuff that happened during COVID and pay cuts and things like that. So I, I think that's really special. And I think they're good people. I really do. And I I, I mean, I've, I was an, I'm a Niner fan. Like, I like Jim Harbaugh. But it just, it, it's been so easy to do that. I also will say... He finally, this game, something that like Michigan is notorious for mostly under the Jim Har- under Jim Harbaugh is playing it safe. 
And this was a game, even when they were ahead, they were not playing it safe. They weren't playing it just to keep their lead. They were playing, and that is what they needed to do. That was the difference between them winning and losing against Ohio State every year. And so I appreciated the risk taking. I appreciated going for things and actually being a little aggressive in terms of coaching. Gaddis at OC was phenomenal. The, the scripting yes. on that game was phenomenal. Um, couple, couple other takeaways. If we're going to be giving Mel Tucker $95 million, what are we giving Jim Harbaugh, who just took a pay cut? After this year. What are you doing? I'm just like, they, that's a real interesting situation. But I'm just, you got to figure that out. I mean, there are a lot and of coaches then, we need to discuss about how much we're paying yeah, and, certain and coaches we, and not others well, now. And, we, and we're going to talk about that next. And then the only other thing, and I wanted to bring this up, wasn't on our rundown, but Hutchinson at... Yes. I think personally, now I'm probably going to will this home. I think he's got a real friggin' shot to win the Heisman. Heisman. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I think I, like we, when you looked, when we looked at CJ Stroud and said, Hey, there are games where he has to play his best and he can easily win this Heisman. Cause you're up against great competition. These moments, Aiden Hutchinson played fucking fantastic. Sorry to use the F word, but like, wow, I don't just think amazing. you've ever done that here. He's also spurned. He's spurned the NFL to come back. Even with all the stuff with Harbaugh, like, this wasn't a guarantee. Like, this wasn't just, like, gonna happen. Like, a lot of things had to go right for this to work. And for you to come back and have this sort of moment, especially against a rival, you're both ranked. Now he's potentially gonna, he's playing in a championship game. He's playing in a playoff. And I know, again, we're not going to be able to have that go into voting. But, again, he's played in huge games and had huge performances. I don't think it's completely out of the realm either. I, Stroud's out. Right. No, and I shouldn't yeah. say out of the running. He could very much still win this award. He's yeah. not playing. Bryce yeah. Young uh, obviously playing. can win. If he if he beats Georgia, I think he yeah. wins the award. Yeah. Hutchinson, Iowa's tackles are not very good. Their center is amazing. The outside of that line, if he has two or three sacks and he had three against Ohio State, he was 15 to one. And I bet him at one point like this past weekend. I looked a couple hours later. He was seventy. I can't stop betting on the Heisman page. I have yeah, you really. I think that's honestly I, got, been your I problem have, issue. Oh my god! I still you have, have my Kenny Pickett, Pickett seventy-five ticket. to one ticket that I'm hanging on to. But I'm just saying, before we get hey, to coach stuff, to be fair, he could potentially. I mean, Wake's not a bad team. He, he's like sixteen to one now, Pickett. So I, I'm just saying with Hutchinson, and I just looked, and and I don't see any odds up right now. Okay, I think he's got a real chance to win that mm-hmm. award. Yeah. So I and and granted, if he does, he's going to torture Iowa. I think it's a terrible. We'll talk about Iowa. Um, I think it's a bad matchup, but it's it's exciting because I want a defensive player to win this award, and there are two in him and Anderson for Alabama that I think are deserving in a year that's just been yes. so strange when it comes to the Heisman. But holy shit, Lincoln Riley to USC. I think if we were to show our G chats of the last couple of days, <laughs> it's largely just all caps of like. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh my God. I need a nap. Holy shit. Right. <laughs> so yes. this was genuinely shocking because there was steam to Louis. There was steam to LSU. He very creatively said, I'm not going to be the next coach at Louisiana after Bedlam. And then boom, the next day this happens. So what are your first thoughts on this? As a PAC 12 fan, This is the best thing that could have ever happened to our conference because this is about so much more than just Lincoln Riley coming to coach at USC. This is people on the West Coast are going to give a shit about college football and that he he brings it's not even just Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley, the recruiter. We've already seen it start like you wrote on this. We already talked about there are people that there are talent that are at that are at Texas, there's talent that's at Alabama that would have gladly stayed to play for Lincoln Riley at USC. The talent that is going to come in, I think this happens way quicker than anyone thinks. This isn't a couple-year rebuild. This is like, hey, maybe next year it's a little shaky. We'll see how it goes. But I don't even know that next year is going to be shaky. And we needed someone besides Oregon to really bring this back. And I know we had moments with UCLA this year and all of that stuff. But, But for me, it's like, this is this is this was the home run hit they needed. And what's so crazy about this is that we've been talking about Lincoln Riley in the NFL a lot. Like that has been the rumor for the past couple of years. So many people have checked in to see if he wants to go and he's like, "No, I'm not leaving Oklahoma." No. Then you have Oklahoma going to the SEC, okay? And I don't want to hear the narrative of him 
running from the SEC. No, he's being smart. Like, I'm sorry. Like, just because you're mad that, like, he's not going to have to play as tough a schedule as people in the SEC, who cares? He's still going to get to the playoff. His road to the playoff is easier. His, like, recruiting is a million times easier at USC than it would be at, I mean, LSU will be fine. But, I mean, you get to keep L.A. talent in L.A. when NIL is a thing. I I mean, this is, there's so many positives. This was the most perfect thing that could have happened. I also love that there was no sort of, like, rumor mill of, like, okay, is he coming there? It was just like, oh, my God, Lincoln Riley done. USC, and it's done. And that was the best. First of all, for anyone who's a college football editor or anything else writer, you know that that's the best way for these things to go down. So you're not having to worry and redo all of this stuff. Oh, it's but, the absolute worst. I mean, this was best case scenario. Pac-12-wise, I mean, this is... I mean, our commissioner now needs to be like, look, we have we have this guy. I, this, for me, this selfishly, all I'm thinking about is, oh, my God, we're going to get such a massive TV deal and I'm going to be able to watch my basketball team because I went to a basketball school on a on normal t- t- network television. Like, we aren't going to have to see, like, late night Pac-12 games on Pac-12 network that no one else can watch. We're actually going to make the most of this because the team that's going to be really, really good. Sorry, Oregon, no offense. USC is it. Like, it is it. And maybe it's just because we've they've been bad and had so many different things happen and all of that post-Pete Carroll. No. The, USC is, like, back. Like, I'm sorry. Texas, we're taking that back. from you. USC is back. And the Pac-12 is back, in my opinion. That was the longest rant of all time, but I've just – I've literally never it's been more happy. It's a good rant. Happy. I, I and, love that your mind went to Pac-12, your basketball team. <laughs> yeah, my basketball team. That's what it's all about So, Paige, well, it's It's a win-win. It's a win for everybody. That's why, like, adding – like, and you know what? Adding Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC for those teams, that was their way of like, okay, these are like conglomerate programs that we can add and we'll bring that money in, blah, blah, blah. For the Pac-12, bringing Lincoln Riley in in is like bringing those teams into the SEC. It makes you that much more powerful, despite the fact that my team's going to lose to them every year by a thousand. I don't care. I don't care. This is going to be so great for the conference in general. Okay. So a couple of things. I don't disagree with anything. I wrote basically (laughs) that this is as sure of a thing as we can get. Um, I mentioned in the story, Bryce Young and Bijan Robinson. Yes. I've, do- I've done stories on both of these kids. Uh, Bijan, who I met in person uh, in Arizona, who I remember Tucson. greeting in Tucson, uh, also played like the greatest half of high school football I've ever seen. <laughs> and I remember he was wearing a USC pullover and he was like really at that time ready to go to Texas. But hearing him talk. He was like, man, I'd, I'd really wish USC was like in a better position. I'm yeah. paraphrasing. But you could tell he loved Reggie Bush. Um, there was a USC coach, I believe, that night at that game who I was talking to. Mm-hmm. And Clay Helton, everything else, right? So imagine – and Bryce Young talked to his dad. Same thing. Even at the moment before Alabama, it was like, man, gosh, USC's right there. Grew up a USC fan. There is a genera- – now it's a generation of kids from California – who did not attend USC. In fact, I went back, you look at, I believe the 2020 recruiting class where you've got Mm -hmm. CJ Stroud, you've got DJ, you've got Bryce Young, all from California, all from Southern California. None of them stayed. I think Mm -hmm. USC in that class. And I'm, I, I put this in the article had two of the top 40 recruits in the state of California. I will bet you moving forward, it will be shocking if they don't get seven of the top 10 in California. It's going to be, and, and, and this is it. It's, you got to win games. You've you got a scheme, but they got a commitment already. His former quarterback at Oklahoma, yeah. number two player in the country like that in a couple of yep. days. And so the trick, it, here's the trick. It, Georgia's doing this. Kirby Smart had the best recruiting class in the country, largely, or one of the top two for about four or five years. And they've assembled a roster of absolute monsters. Monsters. Literal, Literal monsters. Literal monsters. USC's is going to look a little different. Yes. But he is going to assemble a yearly roster of monsters. Winning, and and by the way, the rest of the Pac-12 will come. There's Alabama, LSU. Like, Georgia goes up against other monsters. Like, that's the way Mm -hmm. they recruit. Oregon can maybe compete physically. Three or four years, personally, I think USC is going to look like a different team. Like, I think USC is going to be so much better than the rest of that conference. I think it's a brilliant hire. I think there's a ton of pressure on him. I think he can handle it. Yeah. And it really comes down to a very simple thing, Paige. Can you get talent? And the answer already is yes. yes. It took a goddamn day and he got some talent. And that is yeah. awesome. I think he's going to be a home run there. 
Yeah, so we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Oklahoma side of this because, one, how painful is this that this guy leaves? It's tough. They love him, obviously. He's done a great job there. He was in a set up to be in a very great position. Totally understand. Um, Stoops coming back to coach the uh, bowl game. And it just... Here's the thing. Oklahoma fans were very, very upset about it. And I... And it even got to the point on college football Twitter where they were breaking down, like, taxes and things like that. And, by the way, the fact that that, like, viral tweet, none of us actually believed that Lincoln Riley got both of his houses bought for him. It was just, like, sort of a funny way of, like, that could be real because, like, he left and it was just like that and it was a done deal. But, like, there was no – on my end, I wasn't like, oh, he's leaving because he had to live in Norman, Oklahoma. It was like, no, this is a great opportunity for him and – his path to to the playoff is a lot easier. Recruiting is a lot more fun. And it just, it seemed, he's the, it is literally the most perfect pick I've ever seen. And I hope years from now I'm not on old takes exposed when this blows up. But I, it, it just don't see it going poorly. Like it just, it was, I mean, it, it was amazing. I, I love it and I think it's great. But for Oklahoma, what do you oh, do God. next? Like who do you bring in? Especially because... I- Stuff's been moving so quickly. I mean, they the like the their athletic director said like we already tried getting Bob back here, guys. That's not happening. But if you're Oklahoma, who do you bring in to sort of keep the momentum going? Because you're moving to the SEC and you cannot afford to have some tough years like that. That could get ugly very quickly. You know, Oklahoma is. We're about to find out how it's a great job. Okay, it's a yes. great job, but we haven't learned how great of a job I'm an Iowa fan bad comparison because Iowa is not in the same class of job as Oklahoma but Iowa has had the same coach for a bazillion years Years, the same two coaches for a bazillion years you had Bob Stoops you had a beautiful clean handoff to Lincoln Riley Mm -hmm. a la Ryan Day so we don't know the hierarchy of jobs We, we just learned a little bit about the hierarchy of jobs we know USC and LSU are great jobs yes we don't know exactly what Oklahoma is going to attract so the name all of a sudden before we're coming on is Matt Rule. Hey, get Matt Rule out of the NFL and pay his huge buyout. And will that be a guy? Venables at Clemson. Look, I, I've sat with him. I like him. Um, but is that guy – like the guy needs a handler on the sideline to stop himself from killing a referee. I'm kind of half joking. I have to make sure people know. But like is that is <laughs> no, that does. a mentality? He, he, like, he truly needs a – but also, yes. like, we've, we've seen even when when Dabo talks about him, too, like, he's a different breed of, like, football guy. Like, he's the epitome yes. of football guy. And in this world, like, I hate, I hate to say this. I'm not saying that kids are soft. It's a little different. You have to be a little bit more careful. And I think he's recognized that. And don't get me wrong. I mean, Venables has been up for every head coaching job since Clemson won a national championship. This is every year everyone is checking to see if and, this guy wants to take it. it's very curious why he hasn't gotten one. And I've talked to yes. different people about that. And I've been very I've curious mixed response. Because you know some I mean? people will say it's because he doesn't want one, which I would understand. I would understand. I also think the other part of it is you, when you become a head coach, there's just way more to it than just being a coordinator. Like I'm not diminishing what they do, but it's, there's way more off the field shit that you have to deal with. And he doesn't strike me as someone who wants to deal with any of that. I, I, again, I, I find him really, he's phenomenal at what he does and he's got yes. obvious ties to that school. Yes. I think it would be a win. I'm curious if Oklahoma fans think it would be a win. Like, they so, seemed, so- when that rumor was going around, they seemed all in on that. I personally, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't as excited as everybody else. Maybe it's just because I let me don't. Let me ask you this. And, and this is a good transition to Brian Kelly, too. Jesus. And LSU. If you're Luke Fickle, would you rather have Oklahoma or Notre Dame? And he's a guy with Midwest roots. Whatever. What job would you rather have? Notre Dame. Because he – here's Me here's too. the other – Here's the other part of it. Like you – Notre Dame, we talked about this before. They have – their helmet helps them and their jersey and that logo helps them get in places that maybe other schools wouldn't and in Oklahoma certainly wouldn't because they have to play in a championship game every year. Notre Dame doesn't have to. Okay. They have no plans of that. You have those ties. It is your, it's essentially his dream job. And I think it's a perfect fit. We will move into, into that now um, in terms with Brian Kelly. Um, Holy shit. Okay. Let me just take you through. I mean, 
I got. I thought it was a joke. Way too. What? I've got a rant. Not not now. Set the table, and then I've got a little bit of a mini rant about this whole thing. Okay, I see the rumors that that LSU is going all in on Brian Kelly, and I'm thinking to myself, there's no way that. The fairy godmother is coming in, like he said in quotes, with a $250 million check and showing Brian Kelly's wife, and they're leaving to go to LSU. There's just no way. I He is so happy there. The setup he has there is perfect. I've I've sung his praises as a coach. He's an excellent coach. This is not a bad really hire. Coach. At all. This is not a bad hire whatsoever. To leave your team that is potentially in a playoff position and have it go down the way that it went down. This was so fast. That I made a joke on Twitter about him, like it's the that if you haven't seen this picture, there's a picture of him holding like files and he's like doing the peace sign with a bunch of his players. And I tweeted it being like, when everyone's talking about you getting the LSU job and you have no interest in it, I got old takes ex- takes exposed this week because of that because it just and I mean I tweeted immediately after I was like that's on me guys with the clown emoji because like I I honestly didn't believe and I think if you ask anyone in this industry. They would have been like, no, Brian Kelly's not leaving for LSU, and especially not right this second. It's going to take a bit. And we agree that LSU is, well, sort of agree, that LSU is the best job in college football. But, like, this is not how we expected it to go down whatsoever. And, I mean, I understand the nature of the business, but this whole entire thing, down to the message he sent them, and I don't know if you heard the audio of his meeting today. I did. <clears throat> I did. Just tough, but but I want to give well, you the moment okay. to go well, on your rant. So, so it is a great hire. His contract is cartoonish. Uh, he's got the Mel Tucker contract plus an extra half million retention bonus and a half million bowl eligibility bonus, which is basically a million extra dollars a year. year. So we're yeah. talking about Saban-ish money. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Saban's worth $40 million a season. I By don't the way. get into it. Yeah. Just <laughs> say. So, okay. Let's talk about leaving a team. Yes. Um, Brian Kelly's reputation is that he's an asshole. And he's kind of earned that in some respects. He left Cincinnati very awkwardly. You look very startled that I said asshole about him, but he is. He's kind of. He's no, kind of, I'm he not comes off as a all. I'm just glad you said it. I didn't have to. <laughs> well, okay. Good. No. So, but. Because I agree but, with you. And this was not done well, but I feel for him and these coaches, Lincoln Riley, in a little bit because there's no good way to do this. No. You're interviewing for a job. You've just been offered a hundred goddamn million dollars, okay? For people out there to say like, ha, huh, well, that's abandoning your team. You're, you're right. You're right. But here's – I'm going to – in his instance, not double his pay, but you just – a hundred million dollars more or less guaranteed. Guys, uh, you, you the word's going to get out. You can't control the message. How do you handle it? He could have handled it better. The yes. speech wasn't great. I get it. The players, and they, there's been a podcast about this. Players have been pretty cool. Actually, players for Oklahoma, Notre Dame, seem to kind of get it. Yes. Um, But I, I just think the people bashing these coaches for leaving. Yes, he's leaving a potential playoff team. That's fucked up. <laughs> it's weird. Okay. But. He's leaving a potential playoff team for one of the best jobs in college football, and he got the bag. Like, yeah. big big time. I think the other part that people are forgetting is that what is the number one thing in college football? Money. Recruiting. Oh. Recruiting. Well, yes, recruiting. For, for recruiting is the number one thing in terms of making your team good. And guess Second what? There's an early the signing window, and if you don't have your coach before that – Kids are going to sign other places. Kids are going to go other places. You have to solidify who your coach is before this happens. We're doing a two-beer two yeah, beer episode. Well, I got a lot uh, to say. Also, my throat's a little dry, so it's out so, of necessity. Okay. No, but you're but, right. You're absolutely but like that, right. They have to do that. So, again, it's not on – that's partially why these schools are reaching out now. Like, they, they very – like, I'm sure that if you asked Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley, they – would rather have waited until the season was over to do this. But it that sucks. is just the not whole thing sucks. that's just not how this sport works. Yes, does there maybe need to be something done about that and we figure out a little bit better way to go about this? Sure, but again, 
it's just like any other like sport where there's like rules or like tampering things like that shit's gonna happen no matter what so you just have to sort of go okay this sucks i feel bad for the players that's who everyone should focus on the fan bases can relax you're gonna lose guys don't don't say that like lincoln riley got choked up in his press conference about talking about oklahoma he truly does appreciate that but this is just but this is an opportunity of a lifetime and sometimes you do have to think about yourself that's why when you talk about players like Sometimes they have to do what's best for them. Like, you, it's okay in sometimes to be selfish in this instant. And again, like, we don't know what, what, and it, from, there was also a rumor that Brian Kelly's people reach out to Florida. Like, Brian Kelly was looking to leave. Like, he had, he yes. had reached his potential besides winning in the college football playoff. He had reached his potential at Notre Dame and what he felt like he could do there. So, to be fair, I- Okay, going to LSU and getting to the next level sort of makes sense. Like, I some people are not like that. They don't want to have to strive for the next. They're very comfortable as is. These are some of the most competitive people in the world. Like, you you have to understand that that's just going to happen. I think, by the way, he's perceived as an asshole. But most everybody who perceives him as an asshole will also say, they like, LSU's floor just went way the hell up. Oh, my God, And their God, ceiling yes. is still a championship. It's always a championship. And so that everything just changed. Like he's going to make them so much better. And the recruiting is going to be fine because the recruit, he recruited great at Notre Dame and that's a much harder place to recruit. So I think, I mean, I think it's a great hire. Let's really quickly hit on Notre Dame. They've got some great coordinators there that they could, you know, frame it in terms of the DC who Kelly's trying to, by the time we, by the time this is out, this, who knows? This, this, someone's going to be hired. Yeah, someone's yes. going to be hired in but, but That's, that's I, the nature of this business these days. It does seem like they're going to try and wait for Fickle, which I think is smart. And I, I think, think Fickle should absolutely, absolutely take that job. Yes. Absolutely go. And if that's the case, Notre Dame will be in great shape. But I, you know, Brian Kelly was comforting there. Like, it's a weird, this is a weird one. Lincoln Riley was comforting in Oklahoma, but. Brian Kelly just like went about his business and would win 10 games and we'd we'd say, ah, yeah, they're going to get crushed in the playoff, but they'd make the playoff and then get crushed. Um, So I think that's that's an enormous void to fill for them considering how consistent they've been. Yes. Something I do want to talk to you about is on the coaching front is a lot of, and this uh, goes back to, to the rule thing to Oklahoma. Another name that was thrown out was Cliff Kingsbury. And somebody in a oh meeting God. asked me, how do you feel – do you really think that there are college football jobs that are better than NFL jobs? And my argument to it is that there are just certain people that college football jobs are incredibly enticing. Now, Cliff Kingsbury is in a very different situation than Matt Rule is. I mean, his team yes. is winning. He has this this MVP potential quarterback. I understand, even though he should have played baseball for my baseball team. Anyway, wow. I'm – I always have to get that in there. But yes. here's the thing. A guy like Cliff Kingsbury, though, like, I could see him act. Like, first of all, I'm sure his agent was like, hey, just tweet that maybe this is happening. But the other part of this is I could see a Cliff Kingsbury being like a Nick Saban and being like, this is where I want to win and prove that I can win because he's, like, deeply rooted in, like, Texas football. And, like, that kind of stuff is, like, it. Though those guys are built different. And so I could the, absolutely The timing see. is tough. The timing, the timing is tough. tough if, this was, if this was, like... I mean, a year ago, or even in like two years from now, I could I could see him. The timing is really, really tough on that front. But I don't think it's out of the realm that Cliff Kingsbury could come back to college football. And people are like, why would they want to sit and recruit kids? Did, just did you watch college football this weekend? Like everybody was talking about how amazing college football was this weekend. No, it was, like it, there's there's it, a good side to it. So I do but, see there being potential. Don't get me wrong. I do think being in the NFL, there are a lot of other positives that you don't have to deal with that you have to deal with in college football that suck and game boosters. But like, but still, I think that I don't know if you disagree, but I think Cliff no, I, I don't disagree. I I just found in my tweet. Uh, was featured in awful announcing, which a bunch of people were texting me about. Of Adam, we're on Schefter a roll this being, week. I know, takes right? Go, awful announcing. Yeah, like because Adam Schefter tweets that about Cliff Kingsbury about his contract expiring, and it's like a fucking agent is just texting him like, "Hey, Adam, buddy, old pal, old chum, why don't you bump up my guy Cliff? Because we're trying to get this deal done." Now yep. it depends on what he likes. Like we've talked about this with Joe Brady. Joe Brady didn't like recruiting, so he mm-hmm. went to the NFL with Matt Rule. 
Joe Brady, who knows where he'll end up, maybe back in college, maybe stay in the NFL as a coordinator. It hasn't exactly been great thus far. Who knows? It sucks not to have Joe Burrow in conclusion. Yeah. Um, I think really you don't know where people are. I will say this. Cliff seemingly has the setup in the NFL that you look for. A young quarterback who's awesome. A defense that is young and really good. A division that is seemingly aging and kind of weird. It's teetering. NFL changes so violently, right? And that's the difference between the NFL and college. If he goes to Oklahoma, he's going to win 10 games to eternity. He'll score 55 (laughs) points a game. Someone It'll was like, fun. he couldn't win at Texas Tech. I'm like, to be fair, it's Texas Tech. Like, it's Texas like, Tech. Like, so, don't so, get- but but it, no, I, I I don't know what he's gonna do. I just found the the news kind of hilarious. Everyone like, did. It, it, I think that part is so funny to me. But um, I don't. By think the he's way, in, yes. Well, no. By by the way, like he, like Oklahoma's got to figure it out. And and in Oklahoma, to come out and say, oh. You'd be interest. You'd be floored at what the interest is for our job. Um, okay, buddy, then <laughs> deliver that to me. That's a terrible quote. If you're going to hire like Joe Shithead <laughs> coordinator, right? wait, wait, wait. Speaking of terrible quotes from that press conference in Oklahoma, was when they said, "I'm sorry, I'm gonna. I'm literally almost crying laughing thinking about it. I'm not even kidding." When he said. <clears throat> That they would like to have a little bit more notice before Lincoln Riley left. AK, oh my God. buddy, the Big 12 would have loved some Big notice. Bob Bolsby is like, fuck you, buddy. I, was, I I'm legitimately, like, I seriously am tearing up. It's so funny to me that he would say that. And, like, it, the internet just had a field day with that because... What a but terrible it's just quote. the nature of the business. I think it's so funny, too, when we get this stuff, like, happening. People have been quoting and, like, posting videos of, like, Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly saying, like oh, if a guy was in the transfer portal and left his team before the season, like, I would be questionable to get that guy. Like, no. you guys, come on. If someone recorded every single thing that I said, which I voluntarily do, and you went back and checked all the things, there'd be so much. No one is. No oh, yeah. one says everything right all the time. So, the dumb I mean, shitometer is very high. Okay, yeah, exactly. So it's just like, come on. Like, it is what it is. Like, move on. But I, I think... I think we we really did have one of the craziest like coaching carousel things. And the other part of this is again, the Notre Dame job seems like we're gonna get the the person that we sort of think we are going to get in that role. And I think yes. um, Fickle is a guy who I think it'd be a great hire. They're willing to wait for and can. And I think he, out of respect for his playoff team, which will, is awesome, will see it out. But. Um, I think the Oklahoma job is very, very, very interesting. I this could go anyway. By the way, real quick, yes. Florida hired its football coach. Oh yeah. By the and, way, Washington, and, TCU, and Florida so, so hired anything, coaches. Anything stand out? I like Napier. I think in a normal year, Napier is going to recruit great well. We should do well. Has done an awesome job at Louisiana. Saban disciple. Should do well. I think Washington all of a sudden grabbing yes. Fresno State's best pieces. Like, yes. that's been a program in disarray. You've got a quarterback that was at your school and transferred and then came back. Yep. And you have a coach that has won pretty much every – like, yes. I, I think – and then TCU with Sonny Dykes. I've always been a Sonny Dykes fan. Yeah, that was a home um, run. But it's I just it's, sad I, that those, those things were completely buried. Yes. Uh, oh, totally. I mean, the floor, Florida hired a football coach. In a normal cycle, that is like a week long of news. And I'll say this, Paige. The, the, the one thing that pisses me, not pisses me off, the football on Saturday was so good. Yes. Michigan, the Iron Bowl the was Bowl. madness. Fucking overtime rule is terrible still. Um, and then it just, we didn't get to like appreciate it. Also, championship week. This is a wonderful week of football. We're going to talk about it here momentarily. And this has been a disruption. Like I had to do locks like, and also I had to write We for a community piece, wrote about Georgia. Who could beat Georgia? I'm like writing this piece. I'm like, God, is anyone going to give a shit? But who could beat Georgia right now? That piece did Did very well though. That piece. Oh, somebody read. Okay, good. So people read it. So we're good. Okay, good. Uh, Um, But I will say too, during all of this. So I, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know, my friend is, is Nick Saban's daughter. I text her. 
And I was like, Kristen, please tell me that your dad is not retiring because I personally cannot take any more shocking college football news. She's like, no, he's not retiring. I was like, she's like, wait, is there rumors? I'm like, no, no, no. It was a joke. I just like mentally need to know she in writing that this is, she was like, oh, there are rumors. Well, because there's rumors always that like, oh, after this or whatever, but like, or he's going to coach for the next 10 years, whatever. Um, also it's buried in, in the, the content circus of this weekend was that video of Miss Terry after the Iron Bowl with, oh my with God, Coach adorable. Saban. That was the cutest thing I had ever seen. We stand Miss Terry. She is the cutest thing of all time. Um, so, but yeah, so, so I, I'm actually glad you brought that up before we get into games. Yes. Nick Saban, who hugged his wife and I've stood next to Miss Terry on the sideline and she's as of you and she, and she's shaking. She's so nervous. Nick Saban won the Iron Bowl. It was kind of shocking. Ugly. It was anti-Alabama. It was gross. And for him to smile the way that he did was cool. And also, he had that rant. It's been a week, but he had his rant on his radio show. Um, oh, yeah. About people appreciate, which was amazing. Uh, was where his voice rant. constantly. Oh, it was a great rant on his radio show, which is awesome. I... Um, but, but I think, and we'll talk about it as we preview teams. Alabama is mortal. This is not the normal Alabama team. Nick Saban in these moments is actually most – like I love Nick Saban when they lose. I love Nick Saban when he knows he doesn't have the goods. By mm-hmm. by any standard, I would kill if Iowa had this kind of year. Yeah. Nick Saban knows, and you could see it in his expression. He told his players to have fun at the fucking Iron Bowl. Like I told the guys to have fun. Like who are you, sir? That I actually love – the human Nick Saban, because he gets pissed when they're winning and he's not getting the most out of them. But mm-hmm. in these moments, he's actually kind of a nurturer. They, and it's cool yeah. to see. You yeah, know what I mean? They he, have to like fight for these wins. And it makes, well, and this is part of it. I think that's sort of why he was saying that is because it's like, it's so unfair to these players that like the expectation is to win by a thousand. And it's like, we forget, we talked about this earlier in the year. Winning is winning. If you win a football game, like, it's, it's awesome. not an easy thing. Like, that's why even, like, Lane Kiffin getting all missed to 10 wins this year, like, that's impressive. Like, that is, yes, he he plays in the SEC. Like, this is a big deal for these programs. Like, people have, we've been so spoiled with, and I've said this over and over again, we got so spoiled with the Clemson and Alabama showdowns for the those, like, three yes. years. And then completely spoiled with... Joe Burrow and Joe Brady magic in LSU, like completely that we forgot that like, oh, sometimes it's not always so dominant. And I think we're sort of heading, and this is a great segue into this, into a championship week where like the reality is there are a lot of things that could happen this weekend that we're not like, oh, Alabama's going to blow out this team or oh, Clemson's in the, in the ACC championship game because they're not. It's just like, there's so many new things and exciting things that could happen this weekend. I'm, I literally cannot wait. All right, so let's talk um, – well, Alabama and Georgia for the SEC championship, it's, it feels like the most meaningful game. We both have it in our picks and pints. Yes. So do we want to just – quickly I'll say Georgia has built – it's one of the first times ever. Alabama's lost games, but Georgia has constructed a roster that actually is more physically impressive to Al- than Alabama's. Yes. And it's the, it's the first time I think I could say that in 10 years. Now – I was at the Clemson-Alabama game, and I remember lo- walking the sideline. I was like, oh, my God, Clemson is fucked. The first Clemson game, because they, they did not look like they belong, and they, they won. But Georgia has duplicated Alabama's br- blueprint, and it's unusual. Alabama has not been an underdog in 92 games. That is astonishing. Astonishing, and they're an underdog this week. So we could hit this on picks and pints, but I was just going to I dig- just want to ask you one question. Do you trust Georgia's offense? I'm trusting it more, and if they can block, um, then yes. Well, here's the here, here's an interesting question. D- do I trust them? If they would have gotten – Ohio State, everybody said, was the toughest matchup for uh, for Georgia yes. because the offense would be productive. The, does Georgia's offense have to be very risky in this game is, I think, the most interesting part because – Bryce Young, Alabama's offensive line, skill position, talent down. Like Georgia, I don't think has to play outside of his element, but if you could put Georgia on its heels, you yes, thought Tennessee could do that, and they did do it for a few minutes. Right? That's, that's, that's what we talked about earlier in the year when they were playing Kentucky and even Tennessee was the, the upset pick for them as well, is Georgia has not been in a situation all year 
where they have been forced to be aggressive. And that feels Alabama like, by the way, pre-Lane Kiffin Alabama team yes, is what this feels like. That changes a lot. That your your game plan for things shifts. The situations that players have been in all year long shifts, and it's a much bigger moment. It does make things more challenging. I think people are under the impression that this Georgia team, though physically dominant, is going to be just destroy this Alabama team, and I just don't. I don't think that that happens because I also watched a, an, an average Alabama team, a human, as we say on this podcast, yeah. human Alabama team, like struggle, but still managed to win games. Oh, no, so, it's impressive. Like Alabama's got resolve. I think, and I will talk about it in Picks and Pines. What shocked me the most, because Georgia has this reputation, Georgia's offense is averaging two points less than Alabama's this year. 40, mm-hmm. 40 points a game. It's the number six scoring offense in the country. They yes. do it differently. Um, it's not as explosive, but they're they're it's not still, under they're still scoring. It's no, not it's under not pressure though. They don't. They get to but, execute and take risks and do those things instead of like like it. Ju- I feel like the environment is just going to shift this so much more, and I feel like that will be where Georgia's downfall is: is that they have not been challenged in any ooh, way. Tip. Spoiler what? alert. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. alert. Um, yeah. I just I I. Oh, I I want it to be we'll a good. Come, I think maybe right. the other part of this is I want it to be a good game. Let's let's get to other games before we tell our betting things. On I, I don't um I don't have I do have an opinion on Oregon Utah. Um, I think we have the same opinion. Yes, I will say as a teaser, these two teams played what two weeks ago. Oregon got the absolute dog shit kicked out of it. Uh, impressive last week against Oregon State. They should have won that game by much more. They still covered the touchdown spread. <laughs> Spoiler alert, environments in college football matter a lot. And I think the environment, a neutral environment, this game's in Vegas, which every college football game should be played in Vegas. I don't care what conference. Yeah, that's it's true. Gonna matter and a college lot basketball game. games, by the way. Duke and Saga was fantastic. You know firsthand. Oh, yes, yes. that's a great stadium. So I, I, I'm excited for this game because, look, two weeks have passed. Oregon lost by 31 points. The spread is the exact same. That's kind of hilarious. In fact, I think yes. it, it's now two and a half points. Let me double check. So, I will say that Utah travels pretty well. So they do. And, and Vegas is not far. So I, this game is going to be a good game. In my opinion, it's not going to be the blowout that we thought it, the, the well, we didn't think that the last one was going to be a blowout. But I, it, what, it's I thought not gonna, the last one was going to be bad. Not that um, bad. That was bad. It's, it's, it's going to be a close game and it actually might be like sort of a really fun game, which is exciting right. for Pac-12 fans. We'll hit this again in Picks and Pines. Yes. Baylor, OK State. I have struggled to get an opinion on this game all week. The line, five. There's a four and a half out there. There's a five and a half out there. Sponsor us so we can use your sports book specifically. I don't give a shit about the other books. Whatever. We'll use your lines. But there, there's some movement on this. And it seems like, frankly, the, the game opened at six and a half. This is going in Baylor's direction. Now, I thought OK State against Oklahoma was good, missed a lot of tackles, um, not as polished as they've been, maybe an increase in competition, whatever the reason. Um, Oklahoma made some plays, made some catches. I like Look, if Oklahoma State wins, I want to ask you this. Are they in the playoff? Let's just, I guess we have to, we don't know what's going to happen with Alabama, Georgia. Which Why don't we just open up answer. the can of worms of, the endless possibilities that could happen in the playoff. One and two are solidified. I think even with... How dare mm, you? I I think... I, I mean, oh, it makes me nervous to even say this, but like we, this could potentially be a year where we see a two-loss team make the playoff. I understand that people will argue that like Notre Dame be, is only losses to Cincinnati, but they didn't play in a playoff game, and you could end up with teams like... Like, Oklahoma State cannot lose. They have to be in. They have to win to be in, in my opinion. Yes, absolutely. But a Michigan team that you lost to Michigan State and an Iowa team or an Alabama team who loses to a Georgia, I I, I, I don't know. All right. If Georgia beats Alabama, which they are favored to do, regardless of your Alabama-loving ways. Yeah. Yes. Um. And OK State wins, OK State is in the playoff. Yes. Right? 
the, which I the, think is cool. The real and chaos. I actually think it would be fun against Georgia. By the way, real quick, an aside. If oh, if Georgia loses, is Georgia still the number one seed? They give it to Michigan. I mean, no. I feel like I feel like Georgia has to still be the number one seed. I, lost I, I still think so too. Yeah, yes. you can't. No, no, no. They're only they're only losses to like a team that literally is number three. Like that just doesn't. I I think the the real chaos begins if I. What's so funny is. I told you prior to this, my mom's like, are you excited to record today? Because she knows that my brain has just been, like, functioning on this, like, all-inclusive college football things all the time. I have no idea what else is going on in the world. But I was thinking about if Michigan loses, if OK State loses, and Alabama loses, like that. Man, man. Which could, which it realistically could happen. Like, Michigan I mean, is, uh, I don't know. Michigan is, I don't know. But, but I mean. How dare it's, you. It's not out of it's not out of the realm for Alabama. It's not out of the realm, and that could well. Then I mean, Alabama's just, in, right? I mean, then then Alabama's in. If, if, if right, but then what do you do about OK State and Michigan and Notre Dame? Then you have Notre Dame sitting there going, "What the fuck?" In Cincinnati, well, Notre Dame's in. We're forgetting about Cincinnati. Point. We're forgetting about Cincinnati. And Cincinnati. Well, if Cincinnati loses, OK State loses, and Michigan loses. That is incredibly messy. And since the playoffs started, Conference Championship Weekend has been pretty boring. Chalk. It's been chalk. And pretty I have boring. a feeling this is not this is not the, that year. The most interesting thing to happen in the playoff era on Conference Championship Weekend, and I was there, was when Cardell Jones came in for Ohio State and they beat the living shit out of Wisconsin. Yep. Which was wild to see. It was just, you could feel it. There has not been a lot of drama no. this weekend. So... I, could one of those teams lose? Yes. And a coachless Notre Dame getting in the playoff is pretty interesting. Even, even if, that, to, if that's well, going to happen. Well, first of all, can we talk about Barda saying that that actually plays a factor in them getting in the playoff, which I think Dip is the most atrocious thing I've ever fucking heard. Um, but, that's so bad. But I, but even two of those teams losing, even Alabama and OK State losing, like, do, yes. you, do you then put – you have Cincinnati and, and Notre, Dame. Um, Notre Dame in? I, but, I don't think but, there's much. But, but, but no, I actually, like, you really think looking at a Notre Dame team and the Alabama team, like, say, say, say Georgia, oh Alabama only loses to Georgia by a touchdown or a field goal, okay? And you have a Notre Dame team whose only loss is to Cincinnati, but they don't play in a playoff game. And what other quality wins do they have? Purdue, Wisconsin. Wisconsin now is a quality Ooh. win. I guess it's less quality now, but no, because Wisconsin's yeah, on the roll. I know. Well, yeah, they but they lost to Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, go Hawks. But again, I, like that's what I'm saying is like there's so many things that would have to factor into this. Like you can't tell me that you think that this Notre Dame team is better than this year's Alabama team. Oh no, but I, I don't want to get into the rabbit hole. Like, why this is so the problem fun. with the playoff? <laughs> well, no, it, well, no. Well, it's the most deserving and the best. I think Texas A&M is better than Notre Dame, but they've lost a lot of games. So it's like, and it would be favored. Significant Ole Miss, right? Like Ole Miss just kind of hanging out. But again, Alabama's in the the top three of the rankings right now going into this weekend. So I – Yes. I think think our Malort bet is still on the table. No, I do too, but it would need some help. My thing is that Alabama has looked mortal. And and has looked LSU mortal, Arkansas mortal. Certainly last week you could argue they shouldn't have won. So what would have been fun, but frankly, is if Alabama lost last week and then beats Georgia. Georgia, God, that and, that was, and then they're in. I mean, so so, but Alabama still controls its own destiny. Obviously, mm-hmm. controls its own fate. I hate the term destiny, and <laughs> like they're in a position to to do this thing. Michigan, I need to talk about Iowa. Michigan. Okay. Of course, I need to talk. I don't have this game in picks and pints. Um, I'm. I, I know a lot of Iowa people who are just thrilled to be here. Also, very happy not to be playing Ohio State because <laughs> Iowa just beat the living hell out of Ohio State last time, and like this would not have gone well. I don't think this is going to go well. I think Michigan is like Iowa, but way better at what they want to do. Um. I don't know what I do with the spread. This sounds I have a weird. Question: Do you yes. think this has potential to be a hangover game, though? 
Yes, that's what I was just going to ask you. Yes. Me How, too. I'm so nervous. Because Michigan... Michigan's gotten here. I I would feel so terrible for Michigan fans to be on the highest of highs and then just plummet to the depths I, of, of not being a I think I think Michigan is really physically so much better than Iowa in so many places. Offensively explosive. Like, Iowa, like, quietly played a horrendous game against Nebraska and should have lost, right? I don't think this is going to go well for Iowa, but I, I'm excited to see it. I, I think it'll be – they're a team – they are a team of chaos. They seem to thrive in these situations. Yes. We'll see what happens. But I think it, the momentum needs to be in their favor early, and if yes. Iowa can get to – that Iowa defense can get to them a little early, that might be an issue. Right. Because we saw that Wait. they were able to be a little bit more aggressive against Ohio State because they had a lead and were then and then also just decided to like run the ball, which props to them because yes. that was the best game plan. But like, yeah. I, I don't know that you'll be able I, to play that. Iowa's offensive line is bad. Iowa's defensive line is not nearly as good. This is a this is not good. It could is, get ugly. It could be just an okay. absolute blowout, but it could be a hangover game. Anyway, let's get to the other ones. Last one: Pit, Pit, Wake. I can't I wait to watch this my, game. Okay, we have it in our picks and pints. Let's start with picks and pints. Okay. By the way, I had two beers. Different drinks. I had a Maplewood and I had a Two Hearted. Believe I've done these two. They're delightful. The wine last week was probably most enjoyable. Wine thematically, it's like a thought drink. I can just kind of stir it around. Drank not a whole bottle, but a half a bottle. Um, I'm going to get something good here for the bowl season. We're going to load up okay. the excellent for the bowl season. <laughs> so, Wake Pit, we haven't broken it down. Picks and pints. Wake is a three-point dog. Pitt, the old total in this game is 72.5, I believe. But let me check the updated total. What do you like in this game? We are both invested. We're not going up against each other, but we both have picks here. We both have picks here. I struggled with this one a lot because my heart really, really, really wanted to go with Pickett because you got your Pickett ticket, and I do yes. love him, and I think he's phenomenal. But I think Wake Forest – has like something to prove a little bit in the sense that they just extended their coach. They kept him. This is a new era. They, I want, I think this is like a very passionate play and people have forgotten about them a lot because of like the Heisman candidate across the field. So I do think um, that, that Wake Forest will have something to prove here and will come out and win. So I took Wake plus three. I am going to go over that has come down to 71 and a half, which is good. I think both these Ooh. offenses should cook. I think both these quarterbacks have been excellent. Um, yes. It's not a game that has playoff implications, no, but, it, but it's going to be one exciting. of the more enjoyable games of the yes. year. So I, and I struggle with the side here, but I kind of lean with you. Wake is resilient. No joke. Like they've, they, they are a resilient team. Like they, they battle. I think they could be up for this. All right. Yes. We are on the same page for, mm-hmm. well, two games, Oregon plus three, Oregon plus three. We both like Oregon. I, I just think, again, venue is a huge deal. Oregon, some games just go sideways, Paige, right? Like some games you start losing and you lose a lot and just shit happens. Yep. Well, you, you're not in, you're in Vegas. Utah does travel really well. That's a good point. Oregon got right last week. They're a much better team than they showed. Utah at home. They have also a, a lot of players that are healthy now. Oregon yes, is getting a lot thing. of talent back. It's one of my favorite plays of the weekend. Honestly, Oregon plus three. In fact, okay. I think that line, let me double check. That line had been de- bet down to two and a half. I grabbed it early because I was worried about that. Uh, there's some two and a half, some three out there. Okay. But two and a half at DraftKings, which is, that's a big move if you're moving off of three. Um, App State. We are both Let's on go. App State, correct? Yes. They're Minus good. Two and a half. They are. Yes. They're also they're favored over a team that's won like a bazillion games in a row. I wanted to ask you this because I wrote about it. How much, how do you, and this is hard. I've done this. We do it in bowl season. We do it with interim coaches. How do you handicap Louisiana's motivation in this game? Their coach is leaving Florida. Yeah. is going to coach in this game. That can't not have an impact here though, no? Well, because like to your point with LSU, with, Ed or Ed Ordron, which is so funny to say his full name. I don't think I've ever called him that <laughs> ever. It's weird. Um, this is a little different because it's not like your coach is like leaving and going to take uh, like that. This is the end. This is like oh, your coach yes. is leaving for a better job. So there's really not much there, and I think App State just like 
feeds on this stuff and i i think I they're gonna swarm them and just make them a, a mockery of that and be like all right you're headed to florida see you later but yeah that's it's a tough i mean i think too there are some people that will argue that like oh players will want to win for him blah blah but really do they they're he's leaving them so <laughs> it's two of the hottest teams in college football honestly it's a really it's just a good game i yes. just think app state is better and defensively i think they're gonna win that game all right we are going head to head here I like Houston plus 10 and a half. You like Cincinnati uh, minus 10 and a half. I'll give you my two cents. I don't feel great about this game. Again, it's one of the harder things as a gambler with championship weekend is you just have less games to bet on. Yeah. So you have to kind of morph into it. I think Dana Holgerson is just like a, his don't give a fuck mentality is perfect for this. <laughs> they like he's run out of fucks to give. A long time ago. Yeah. They're playing for a playoff spot. Houston's just playing to be relevant. And they've they've talked about one of the hottest teams in football. They're good. They play some defense. I think Cincinnati wins. I think Houston has a chance to at least keep it close. Yeah. I think Cincinnati can only can control what they can control right now and are going to need to score some points. And I think they're well aware of that because yes. there is chaos that could put – I mean – it would take a lot for them to be knocked out, but it's not out of the the realm of that happening. So no. I would, if I were them, I'm scoring literally all the points that I can and putting up the best game possible for that last little resume booster for the committee, in my opinion. So that's what I think they have to play for. And I think we have not seen that a ton this year. We've seen them take get big leads and then blow them um, and make things close. So I'm hoping that this weekend they really in on that. So I'm, I'm really, really, really betting on them to, to go full force. All right. Last Step on one. their throat mentality. I like it. Dana's done that. He does that on a weekend. Um, uh, Georgia, Alabama, six and a half is the line. Go ahead. The floor is yours. I'm taking Alabama. So that could be it. Obviously, people who have listened to this podcast know the allegiance is here. Yes. Does the Iron Bowl game concern you, though? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It has to, I, I, that's a dumb question. Oh, totally. But what element of is it? Like, where? Like, I thought Bryce Young battled his ass off, by the way. I mean, he didn't have much to work with. His O-line was bad. I like Georgia. All right. Let's just, like, I, rip the band here's off. The I like Georgia. Minus I like Alabama. Okay. I said that I never would bet against Alabama. Here's the thing. I oh, think boy. Alabama covers the spread. I don't know that okay. I have Alabama winning this game. It there are if they can be extremely disciplined, which they have not been. <laughs> I think they have a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. Um yeah, I the, just the if, total if Georgia game, if so they can keep Georgia from scoring, they then then they'll be okay. The total in this game is fascinating at 49 and a half. That's low. Like, these teams can score. Now, Georgia's defense has given up 83 points all year. But what was the final score of the Georgia-Clemson game? Like, seven. It was low. Negative five. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think this is going to be similar to that. I the, the problem, I don't know if Alabama's defense is great. Arkansas scored a lot of points. They're not great. LSU scored some. Now, Auburn sucks, okay? Auburn's a tough example. Sands, Bo Nix, Auburn. Mm -hmm. And they just fired their offensive coordinator, which tells you all you need. But also, they were playing at Auburn, which is a very strange, strange place uh, to I play. I agree. I think Alabama's going to play better. Oh, absolutely. I think, Georgia, I think Georgia is just that team that's constructed to be good. I, I also I'm would so argue. I also team. would argue that... There is a coaching element to this, and there is somebody across from Kirby Smart that knows him well I, enough to know and can outcoach the shit out of him. Well, so, I, I don't disagree with that, and I do think philosophically, I'm curious to see how Georgia comes out because Alabama has owned Georgia, and I think that could work out well for Georgia in them saying it's time, and I think they could be up for it, or I think they could be psyched out. That is, there, is an, there is absolutely an element of that that would give be fascinating me, to see. Give me a repeat of that national championship. <laughs> with I'm, I'm with give there. it to me. Give me that repeat of it being that close. And personally, I think it will be. I think it'll be close. All right. So we are different. We are the same. 
We've talked a lot. Um, <laughs> any any parting shots? We got an awesome weekend of football. I'm super excited. Any parting shots before we head out? Um, no, I'm I just like literally cannot wait. Um, playoff is going to be crazy. We're, next time we talk, we're going to have the final four and be able yes. to to really break that down. Bowl season is here. I can't believe it. Um, I know what a crazy crazy couple of weeks. And to think that like the narratives that we were talking about weeks ago just like don't even apply because of all the stuff that has happened. Um, I expect myself to be mad online again about the playoff in some capacity this weekend. Um, yes. but wow, I just, I mean, what a, what a crazy regular season we have had. Two words, best sport, best, sport. three words, That's best it. damn sport, best damn sport. I'm, I'm pumped for this week. We'll be writing. Like you mentioned, we'll be talking about next week. There's who knows coaching changes, playoff. We'll talk bowls. We've got a ton of stuff. I, I actually love this part of the college football season because you kind of catch your breath. You can dig into some bowl games that are going to be really, really um, some of the matchups are going to be great. So I will for subscribe. sure be drinking on next week's show because we will oh, have good. finished regular season and gotten into the craziness of I'm everything. telling you right now, Saturday night post writing. That's always a celebration. Um, Sunday though, <laughs> selection oh, Sunday. You don't have to write on Sunday. No. I do have to work on Sunday, but no, but I have I to think pay great. attention. By the way, best damn sport is going to be our, our name for this, this episode. Best damn sport. I'm in. It All right. Happens. So subscribe, follow, spam, share. We appreciate the sport. We'll keep spitting these things out. We have some fun stuff to talk about too, when it comes to the national championship and some different pod things, just saying. So we'll get to that next week and beyond for Paige. I'm Adam. We will talk to you guys next week.